0: Hey there! I want to address your attention to two things. Uh, if you would like to support this network, you can go to patreoncom duckvtv You get extra content and help out your boys. Um, additionally, you can go to Orb.Show and check out our new show Orb about the Venture Brothers cartoon. It's good. We like it. Um, Also, a disclaimer my voice on this episode sounds different, sounds a little tinny. I tried some new settings, and they were not good settings, guys. All right, here we go.
1: My name is Gary Butterfield.
0: My name is Cole Ross.
1: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, our monthly Q&A listener response game announcement topic episode.
0: Yeah, so we're going to uh, answer your questions. We have a topic that we're pretty excited about. And then we're going to read your responses to No One Lives Forever, Uncharted Waters 2, New Horizons, and um, oh, Marathon 2.
1: Yeah. Marathon 2, yeah. And then the Koi Boys will reveal what we're doing in January. Well, what could it be? What could it be? Riddle me this. We're a guessing <laughs> boy in a guessing land. Um, yeah, uh, let's get uh, let's get started. Also, uh, I'm gonna grunt in pain because I got a bad back today. Up. So every once in a while, I'll be recording and then just breathing wrong mm-hmm. is gonna cause some piece of meat to push up against another piece of meat, and I'm gonna go. Uh, uh. So, so I yeah. just I just want to warn everybody about. Uh, look out! upcoming mm-hmm. uh.
0: <laughs> as you as you shift and breathe also in about six minutes i may or may not be able to buy a ps5 sony's queue system is a mess so we may need to abruptly do yeah. a break it'll we can play it for comedy
1: <laughs> everybody uh pray for cole
0: pray for mojo uh
1: as cole reloads and reloads no no it's a it's it's, just a, it's a
0: it's a meter that fills up
1: <laughs> it's an orderly queue.
0: yeah yeah oh um
1: um yeah uh let's get into it Let's do. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get started here with Cinder Elf. Um, Cinderella says, Hi, I just want to share a little thing from my Disco Elysium playthrough uh, as I was finishing that this week. I didn't want to do the union's dirty work, so I never got the body down. I still solved the case, recruited Kim, made friends with the Phasmid, quit drinking, and everyone generally lived happily ever after. But as my unit drove me away from the Martinez back to Jamrock, Lily was still swinging from that tree another week after he'd been strung up there.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I knew I forgot something.
1: <laughs> that beautification project. Yeah left unattended. I
0: mean, at this point it's an ecosystem and you don't want to disturb it.
1: Mhm. Yeah. No, you have you to get somebody like the Army Corps of Engineers to come blow it up.
0: <laughs> God, <laughs> it, like, it's like what was it? Is the 50 year anniversary of that of the uh the mm-hmm. Oregon uh, whale explosion? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. just uh, I saw the people reposted the new the news uh the news update from that and uh that is wonderful. It is one of the I'm most um good. amazing things in human history.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. I like the Army Corps of Engineers so much more than the army.
0: Oh yeah, they're great.
1: Yeah, it just seems cool like they just like go and they have that uh that saying that uh uh Fitzgerald, uh knocked off that like, you know, the 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 um, the difficult we'll do right now, the impossible will take a little while. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's that like, you know that beautiful song in uh, mm-hmm. Fallout 3. Yeah. Um it's taken from them. Yeah. They're cool.
0: Yeah. Good 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 on them if we have any Army Corps of Engineers folks listening. Uh salute. Yeah. Yeah. I support you, Troop, kind of. Troop with a slide <laughs> rule. Yeah, we're just we're
1: just saying we're just saying hey.
0: Yeah, like we're I saying, hey.
1: What, what kind of concrete support? We're just yeah. general well wishes.
0: Uh, levies uh. are important. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Moving on to some game questions. We have Jacob who writes. Uh, didn't get my response to Soma in time, but one thing I wanted to ask was what other games, movies, books, and TV shows give off the same vibe of despair and dread that Soma has. Thanks for all you do. Peace. Uh,
1: I think that's tricky because I think Soma is um, really good at uh, having both like mood and then also concrete things to think about. Yes. Um, And it's easy for me to think of things that do those constituent parts, but not as easy for me to think of things that do them together. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like. You Know and the, the, these are all go to examples, that's things I talk about like a lot, you know. But some of that, uh, that mood, that feeling of being like in an alien space, um, and being in the space being hostile comes across, um, to me in some Junji Ito stuff,
0: yeah, like just yeah. saying
1: the rules being different. And then that feeling of existential dread came across really heavily to me when I watched Chernobyl, um, and that was like very literal, yeah, you know? like no. this, you know, government, where humans are designed to be you know, uh, destroy themselves, but there is hope mm-hmm. as well. There's like space for heroism in this, um, and sacrifice. Uh, but it's really hard for me to think of something that hits both of them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's probably about where I come down on it. Playing, uh, playing that game, playing Soma again, made me want to reread the road by Cormac McCarthy. I know that's kind of mm-hmm. a, a normie answer, but like that I think is probably something that captures the hopelessness Mm. Uh, of 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 the situation like things will never ever get better on earth and simon coming to coming to grips with that i think is is part of is as part of the game and mm-hmm. uh uh the, the the road you know yes the story about a boy and his dad but also like it is you know the aftermath of uh an ecological collapse that can never come back you yeah, know just we could we could never uh we can never come back from it and uh yeah you know what maybe gauge your climate panic before you read the road but it is you know that no. that is something that does capture the hopelessness i think
1: yeah if you're not ready for the road yet read a uh, water world <laughs> the, it's... the gentle climate panic
0: <laughs> yeah um as far as like games or movies or, or what have you uh games may be pathologic also as well for the hopelessness but that yeah. that descends into like meta literary so
1: non-concrete yeah like, it's so surreal that like mm-hmm. i feel like it you know it's it's like not sci-fi it's more like yeah. you know it's like fantasy. a fantasy
0: kind of thing yeah
1: yeah so um yeah uh marcus says what is your favorite way games use music that's different from other genres i personally love dynamic music uh similarly how do you think the fact that game music has to be endless uh loop forever has changed game music and gaming
0: uh, i feel like we talked about this quite a bit in the uh, the game music episode that we did several years ago. Just in terms mm-hmm. of you know referring to the fact that game music has to loop kind of changing the fundamentals of game music design you know basically mm-hmm. since the beginning, but especially in the early days, right
1: yeah. um and just because you know dynamic music uh can be really great even though it tends to correspond to uh music that is more orchestral and uh atmospheric than I usually like um. So you know, I'm, I like it in Monkey Island, like mm-hmm. it Lesson and some other stuff. Um, I will use the fact, uh, or my favorite thing that makes game music unique is like instrument palette yeah. stuff. Like you can have these like beautiful like Danny Borodowski soundtracks that wouldn't work in anything else. Like there is a video game sound palette and it's not just Nintendo bleeps and bloops. There's also kind of like an indie sound palette mm-hmm. uh, to video games. And uh, I like that instrument palette a lot. Um, Same
0: here yeah so, um especially older stuff the you know things that were basically just retreading now because it sounds cool because you know we did it out of limitations back then or they did it out of limitations yeah. back then but those limitations were good and cool
1: yeah we realize it's actually great
0: yeah and i waited in line on the ps5 for nothing out of stock <laughs>
1: <laughs> fuck i'd say you're, you're you're really lucy with the football in this yeah this thing my man you know <laughs>
0: i want it i'd I, like I, I i want it Gary.
1: <laughs> i know i want it it's clear that you want it i, I, understand. <laughs> I understand that. bit, Gary. <laughs> um, what do you think will happen when you get it
0: i'm gonna play demon like, souls it'll be fun
1: <laughs> well i know but like other than that anything else <laughs> like, well, is there is there like a, a just a general sense of relief like a, a general unclenching that will happen
0: probably maybe maybe this will be yeah, it probably. maybe this will make me happy gary
1: this might be the thing. Yeah, I, I don't want to step on 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 your hopes that this might be the thing.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, <laughs> there's never dark. been a PS5 before. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is it's, unique. It, yeah. it is
1: totally unique. It's it's like nothing we've seen before. Yeah, uh, so. it can play Spider Man, the new Spider Man game. So <laughs>
0: maybe now that there's a PlayStation <laughs> and around, Demon Souls, will, maybe things will be yeah. different now, Gary.
1: We we haven't had a system that can play Spider Man and Demon Souls before. No. Um,
0: anyway. Yeah
1: anyway i i do wish i do wish you luck yeah (laughs) i i I, i've been idly poking at one too because i would like to play demon souls and like just for work
0: yeah yeah
1: you know a breezy bonfire side chat uh thing and i want to check it out that's Um, like
0: that's the actual answer i feel like it is it is our duty to play that game and talk about it in a in a relatively timely fashion i think people
1: yeah. Uh if we can't get get to it like right now everyone is just busy with like souls youtubers being like yes. Yeah. You know finally a snack. <laughs> uh, I can post another let's play of this game. Mm-hmm. Um you know and uh, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll I, get there. I think I hope people will understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um uh, what does david have to say
0: david Order has to david Mark. has to say um uh, <laughs> i suspect this may have been asked on a previous waft dispatch but since baldur's gate 3 recently came out in early access uh which for the 20 plus hours it took me with one character i'm glad to say i enjoyed it very much i wonder if either of you have any opinions on dnd 5e in and of itself or adapting it to a video game uh what if anything uh you think should be changed in adaptation
1: thanks um, I don't have strong opinions about it. I've only played a little bit of 5e um, when it was pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I And I have not played uh, Baldur's Gate 3 yet. I'm waiting for it to come out of early access. Um, so I do not, um, even though I am a tabletop dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not played lots of 5e.
0: Yeah, I have not played really any tabletop recently in the past two decades, probably. Um, but um, I only know like the headline features of 5e basically mm-hmm. as a return to a return to form after fourth edition kind of made things probably a little bit too mechanical for some people. Uh mm-hmm. kind of more of like a tactical uh you know mmo kind of thing going on. So yeah, I I don't know when I think of D like my platonic example of that is three and a half and mm-hmm. it sounds like you know 3.5 is what five E is most like. So thumbs up baby. Mo- yeah. most of the fifth edition reading i've been doing has been like in um not the rule books but like in source books you know the sword yeah. coast adventure guide and stuff like that flavor yeah yeah because i want stories yeah. and like you know module ideas and hooks and stuff
1: yeah 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 fire your imagination not fire your yeah. you know game design mm-hmm. part of your brain yeah i totally get that
0: yep your volos guide so, and whatnot so
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh similar. Um, we uh, somebody in my game group really doesn't like Five uh, E, mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason why we haven't played played it very
0: much. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's plenty of other, um, other good stuff.
1: Yeah, we're we're, we're doing a, a cool game now called uh, with the really unfortunate name Fragged Kingdoms. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's for the whole th- fragged line. I, they,
0: they couldn't have gone with like Fragile Kingdoms? Fragile Kingdoms would be good. I like that name. Way cooler. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's, a, it's a good game. It's like well designed. It's just a bad name. Um, Bren asks, uh, what do you think makes a good game review? Assigning numeric scores seems silly, but I understand the need for simplicity, especially when someone is deciding whether or not to buy a game. If you weren't playing games for work, what kind of reviews or reviewers would you go to? Um, this could have been a good topics episode, uh, topics subject, mm-hmm. um, but just to kind of briefly talk about it with the uh, remit that we might revisit it at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, this is an interesting question because uh, I tend to think about uh, games criticism and games reviews on like one major axis, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's more than that, and that axis axis is like, uh, you know, is interested if if this is a good video game and is not interested, if it is a good video game. Yeah. If, if that makes sense, like, and it, it, it's a broad way to kind of describe the, you know, uh, you know, waypoint, uh, rock, paper, you know, shotgun, you know, split.
0: Yeah, yeah. In
1: in terms of, you know, what something's going to be about, like, is this an avenue to talk about something that the game reminded you of? Or is this an avenue to evaluate uh, this piece of art and like how well it succeeds at what it's trying to do? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and I have space in my heart for both of those things. My favorite reviewers tend to be smarties who are more in the latter camp. So like Noah caldwell Gervais or like Jeremy Parrish, uh, like people who are definitely interested in what a game is doing and how well it does it, mm-hmm. but are a little bit higher brow than like, you know, this is for this of a, a hair raiser. like yeah, the graphics yeah. have maximum blast, <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. No, I I think that I fall pretty much into the same, pretty much into the, into the same, you know tub as you I don't know, bucket. There we go. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm in a tub. Uh, yeah it's a tub. I, I'm in your tub, Gary. Um hey it's, buddy, it, it's, it it's, dub.
1: The podcaster's <laughs> in a tub. Get out of this hotel room. You chose the wrong door. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Sorry, I was I, I was a little bit distracted. They're trying to trying to uh, think, think of my about
1: McElroy tea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, like, we're gonna bottle this uh, and sell Travis. it. You take that valid defeat. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> no uh so like it's it's tough i don't find myself like reading a lot of reviews honestly i, I you know and i think that, uh, that that might have something to do with just i, I you know I, I i'm not looking for a lot about new games that are coming out kind of like i'll know mm-hmm. if i'm interested or not you know like when somebody that i follow posts something um you know like i said hey i reviewed this i'll go in and take a look at like the 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 headings and like read snippets or whatever You know, I think that just this may just be because of, you know, a decade plus of consuming this medium, but like written reviews kind of take a backseat to when people talk about a game on a podcast, like on your waypoint Mm -hmm. radio, um, like, you know, idle thumbs or video games, hot dog used to be primarily because I, I, I can learn more based on how somebody answers questions about the game that they've played than I can by like. Reading the review and like getting a sense of the outline that they wrote for it, right?
1: yeah, you know, well, and there's less in a, in a conversational kind of dialogue based um you know review or criticism situation, you are there's less pressure for a premise, yeah, I feel like you know, so so you get a little bit of less of a like, you know, this game taught me what it was like to live without a car or whatever. <laughs> like you get a less, a little bit less of that stuff that feels very stretchy to me that sometimes I like, but is way swingier in terms of risk. Yeah. You know, to me, like it feels like when I read a review like that, sometimes it's just like, it's like excellent, mm. you know, like this is, this is, or, or a piece of criticism. Like this is really good. This is mm-hmm. a great piece of writing that does elu- elucidate the game. But then sometimes it's, so subjective and it's so personal essay Mm -hmm. that i just feel like i don't know anything more about uh the game after after i've read it like i'm Mm -hmm. just like i don't this doesn't say anything about this about this piece of media Yeah. um you know and and i think that like in a conversation you can't really do that right um and you know in a conversation like yes you can touch on a lot of different things but it just moves so quicker and it's so much more off the cuff that like Mm -hmm you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, not getting that balance. Yeah. You know, so, so I agreed. Like I, I, I would much rather hear a discussion or watch like a YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing that is more far afield than I would just read a straight up piece of video game criticism these days. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of numbers, I think that that's, uh, the main thing I think about with numbers and reviews, that's funny is that like every website, will put this like, you know, this incredible, uh, this huge amount of gravitas on doing an announcement that they're either adding or taking away numbers to the <laughs> reviews. Like every couple of years, like a new editor in chief will come along and just be like, listen, we've made a hard decision. Here's like 6,000 words about why we decided to do this. Like it's the biggest deal in the world. And I'm just like, this yeah. is okay. You know, like that, that kind of thing. It's, it's, in, you know, I, I'll glance at it, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm interested in reading the review, it doesn't really matter that much.
0: Yeah. Like, number but,
1: scores are silly, but also they don't hurt anything to me. So.
0: But they kind of do because of the, uh, the, like the meta, the, the, the Metacritic bonus stuff.
1: Well, they do that with uh, things without scores too.
0: Yeah, I suppose you're right. Like it, yeah.
1: when I go, I'll go to Metacritic and it'll be you know it'll say like the AV Club thought something <laughs> was a six of ten, and then I'll click on it and there'll just be an essay that's like this game's real good. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So it's, it's
0: just somebody at Metacritic who says, ah, oh, this feels like a seven to me.
1: Yeah, if you don't make <laughs> your own numbers, they're just going to do it anyway. Right, right. You know, um, so yeah, and and the bonus stuff is also to me, separate from the experience of reading a review, like that stuff matters because I want Josh Sawyer to get a bigger bonus for new Vegas, but it doesn't matter in terms of my experience of reading a review.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um, let's see here. Is this me or is this you? This is you. Okay. Mark writes in the spirit of top gun Maverick, the upcoming sequel to a dumb, but enjoyable old movie that nobody was asking to see more of what dumb, but enjoyable old game would you, (laughs) least like to see get a, a modern sequel that no one is asking for I, I don't it's i don't think that that's the question mark intended to ask maybe
1: yeah least likely is is hard yeah or this is not the spirit of top gun maverick <laughs> um <laughs> the, the uh, uh you know which which is uh, basically there's money to be made
0: yeah
1: um video games are different than that way like video games don't get as like this is happening this is like why we had like that medieval remake mm-hmm. you're a know, medieval mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah the, the uh decap attack but not uh remake <laughs> every once in a while this kind of thing does happen mm-hmm. um this is i would argue this is basically what happened with the new crash bandicoot as well yeah um yeah um and i was gonna i would say battletoads but it happened
0: it happens so, yeah
1: yeah hard to think of something that they're not doing
0: time lord
1: uh, yeah time lord which is not uh <laughs> enjoyable
0: it's not a good game um, i don't know why they would yeah, go back to it
1: it's not an enjoyable game yeah. but they didn't uh yeah i don't know
0: they went, they, like, yeah, yeah, they, they, they've been doing it for a while too like remember uh like in the ps2 era when they made that bit like ps2 rygar game that was yeah, I like i do a, remember
1: that yeah. Weird rygar yeah man rygar <laughs> is back baby
0: <laughs> everybody being thirsty for rygar
1: oh god I, I love rygar
0: yeah and and also I like you do like rygar R- lot, oh
1: but. rygar is good very good <laughs> yeah that would be a fun waffle at some point for like a short one.
0: Oh yeah agree you know love especially the
1: nes version because it's it's you know it's an rpg like you can you just grind it mm-hmm. like if you're having a hard time you just get yeah you know, yeah um
0: mm-hmm. but then like they, they they botch it like this is what happened with uh the shadow run on xbox 360 this is what happened with uh what was it like, was that like a PS4 or PS3 game when they, when they updated syndicate and made a a boring, uh, a boring first person shooter.
1: Yeah. I don't remember which system that was for, but yeah. Oh.
0: Yep. So it happens. I, I don't, I don't know about my, my own personal answer for it, but um, all, yeah. all of those, all of these that we listed are ones that I would least like to see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, so it's, it's hard to think of what they wouldn't do, but they'll do anything. Yep. Yeah. the shit. Um, Moving on, uh, here, um, Greg asks, uh, what is your favorite video game to movie conversions? And what's your take on why it's so hard to convert a game story to the big screen? Should that even be tried? Uh, we have a to that. plug, <laughs> yeah, Adaptation Decay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a ten dollar patron, you get that show every episode of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots, it is monthly, it's really fun, it's consistently some of the more fun episodes we put out. I
0: think agreed, yeah. Um, and we've we've looked, we've looked at a lot of those we've done like what 45 episodes of it so Mm -hmm. far not all of them being movies not all of them being like big hollywood kind of things it's 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 tough um silent Mm hill is probably the most successful one that i've seen and even that falls short in a lot of ways so
1: Mm -hmm. i'm gonna my favorite is the super mario brothers movie
0: ah shit you're right that one is it's, it's
1: bonkers, it's real fun, it's stupid as hell. Yeah, it's not a good adaptation at all. But mm-hmm. I I just I legitimately uh really love that movie.
0: Yeah. And that fault like that's both the uh, kind of like both both divides, like good adaptation, bad movie, uh good movie, mm-hmm. bad adaptation, right? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of the the, the the dichotomy that we set up. And you know, should it be tried? Probably. Um uh, why is it hard? Because games are longer than movies. Yeah, and the compression that takes place makes the pacing a nightmare.
1: Yeah, and and uh, they almost never try to actually just do it. Yeah, they never Um, actually adapt
0: the the, the game.
1: Yeah, they're they're at extreme cross purposes for some reason. So like, you know, oh, we couldn't just make a a Sonic movie about Sonic like trying to save his forest friends Mm -hmm. from Robotnik. It has to be about him making friends with a cop and learning about how small towns are good. <laughs> you know um which is the theme of that movie it is uh yeah you
0: know. andrew s uh on the bloodborne cut cut content episode you mentioned a disguise mechanic uh that was cut from the final game that made me think of how fun a hitman level set in Yarnum would be dressing up as mikalash garroting a target with an umbilical cord etc <laughs> i love the etc. <laughs> because you just gave two of the craziest <laughs> things possible at the start <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any games you two would send Agent 47 to infiltrate?
1: Um, I would like Agent 47 to do original Deus ex Oh yeah. Um, not the new ones that are all like beautiful and real. I want him to go into like stiff weirdo netco. <laughs> uh because I think that uh having him talk to the characters in that would be really great. Oh yeah. You know, just uh that like a stiff off. <laughs> you know. Hello, Mr. Re, you know, hello, Mr. Reaper. Hello, you know, and then just them kind of going back and forth with their weird, just you know, some of video games' uh greatest uh stick up their ass protagonists.
0: I'm just, I'm just picturing like the the Deus Ex, you know, conversation camera angle, like the abrupt cuts back and forth, mm-hmm. like the the low poly, low texture resolution face, and then over to Hitman, over to Agent Forty Seven, just completely lovingly rendered. Yes, yeah. <laughs> as he is, as he is in Hitman Two.
1: And also just imagining them having the conversation about, you know, different like geopolitical systems and, you know, Tobias Reaper putting in all of these uh, double entendres about coups <laughs> and like, you know, uh, assassinations and mm-hmm. just really appreciating that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I, I, the, the, this is a basic answer, probably just because I've not really thought about any other games since we played it. Uh, Disco Elysium may be fun. Um, That would be fun. Putting it like in, you know, maybe not rubbish but like over in some of the more populated areas, like there's good political intrigue that can get up in there. Um, and that world is like weird enough that enough of the rules don't hold that it would be like fun to get used to it.
1: It's, it's so contrary to the spirit Mm -hmm. of disco Elysium, like (laughs) just going through and assassinating people, right? (laughs) like just gleefully giving up all of your lessons about Mm -hmm. humanity. Uh, to murder that would that would be pretty great yeah Uh, and there and it would be fun to explore those levels from that perspective yes um i would love to see uh agent 47 like a level set in the uh, resident evil one mansion oh yeah um, while resident evil protagonists were doing stuff.
0: Oh shit. You're, so, you're like, don't your mission it is to take out Barry Burton. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like you have to take out Barry and like, you know, they're continuing on a timeline uh-huh. like you do in, in, in Hitman, uh, doing resident evil shit. Oh, and like shit. you, there's a zombie costume that you can like blend in and yeah, all that stuff. If
0: this was a multiplayer game, you just basically added predator
1: to, to yeah. resident evil. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Great.
0: Would, would 47 um, have to deal with the zombies too?
1: Uh, I assume that like he would uh, he's just like so quick, like oh, they might yeah. try to go for him, but then he could disguise himself. Right. Right. You know, uh, maybe like how he had like they'd be like enforcers. Yes. You know, um, or they wouldn't be enforcers. Just the Crimson Heads would be enforcers. Right well obviously i know i need to jot this down into, <laughs> we need. We need uh, to got we'll
0: a whiteboard right here we can we can do a breakout yeah. session <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> more more podcast episodes should have breakout sessions in the middle hey, do you want to do a quick breakout session <laughs>
0: we're just going to spend about 20 minutes blue skying this set the yeah. clock <laughs>
1: um Andrew asks, uh, "What is a game that you were super hyped up for, but failed to meet expectations? Um, you didn't hate it, but it didn't live up to the infant praise? I really liked Mario Odyssey and really, really liked Hades, but I found both uh, fell short of the hagiography, uh, hagiography uh, for me personally. Um, those are great answers for that. Yeah, uh, those are those are both games that like I liked, and then kind of walked away from and stopped thinking about." um the one i'm going to throw on there uh and it's it's a game i actually like quite a bit and it's it's but just in because of infinite praise is breath of the wild oh yeah which is a game that i think is really fun and like i really have fond memories of my time with it but i just hated uh any of the story stuff like any time i was spending in town like it was it did one thing which i absolutely loved which was exploring the unknown and everything else i thought was okay Mm mm-hmm
0: yeah, um, I I can agree with that uh, to a certain extent. I liked the mechanics of that just fine, but as a as an overall package, it felt like a first draft uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's a real bummer that like I'm seeing stuff like you know, okay, we're gonna take another crack at this world, and it's a fucking you, not so game, Muso yeah. game, yeah. Ugh, I yeah, just yeah.
1: I can't
0: I can't think of a way that uh, that I would like to interact with that world less than to go and tap a tapa through it. So. Yeah. yeah yeah um i don't know that i have an answer for this i it, it's it's tough to it's tough to say like oh yeah this game like let me down substantially just because i i try to remove myself a little bit from a hype cycle uh ps5 mm-hmm. excluded i guess um you know yeah i I, mm-hmm. I don't i don't i don't have an answer at the top of my head for this right now
1: They <laughs> there are there are games that i i that were a bigger you know failed to meet expectation this is specifically the kind of like was okay yeah
0: yeah you
1: know like i i have i think that i'm cooler on it than you are but i was very disappointed with the machine for pigs Mm -hmm. being a huge amnesia fan but that was like a big yeah disappointment it wasn't a little disappointment Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah so um i (laughs) i've got one here uh william asks um, to add to the food questions, we have food questions coming up later. Um, in order to avoid thinking about the election, I jumped back into Dishonor 2 and found myself happily stuffing my face between battles. I was going high chaos, seemed appropriate, and thinking about how the food thing in Immersive Sims is still weird, but is there a better option in sci-fi settings? Sure. Stim packs or something, but in fantasy or something like dishonored or bioshock, is there a better option for minor, minor health recovery than food or has food been baked into sorry, our lexicon since Castlevania?
1: Um, that's a good question. It's, it's um, never it does feel like harmed, it's, i yeah.
0: sorry. It's never harmed my, my estimation of a game, like when I joke about playing Bioshock and rushing over to gruffle some garbage dogs so I can get back in the fight, that's not a problem for me.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's not a problem, but I think it's worth like pointing out how weird it is.
0: It's weird. Oh, you yeah. It's know, funny. It, it's,
1: it's like a part of the video game, like semiotics mm-hmm. that just are kind of baked into the medium. Um, like I don't necessarily like yes, in an incredibly abstract way. Yeah. Food does heal me uh, in real life. Yes. Um, you know, uh, and, and, but the, the real, like, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where it is hard to, uh, make instant, mm-hmm. you know, like if you, if you cut your arm and it's bandaged, that doesn't heal it either. Yeah, You know, it's literally just protecting it just time, uh-huh. you know, the the most realistic healing system weirdly is maybe like a call of duty refilling health. Because it it does the same thing it does. It just does it way quicker.
0: (laughs) It's just sped up. Yeah.
1: It's just time. But it's just like, like, just imagine every time you take cover, you're resting in a bed for four months. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the English patient, and then and that it's just abstracting. It's like we just said you slept for six hours. Like yeah it just abstracts it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So for like for me, you know, it just it doesn't need to be. It doesn't necessarily need to be realistic. I think health in general, the idea that there's just a meter that determines whether you can go or not, it's a problem Mm -hmm. that they that they've been trying to solve. uh, You know. I think that like some of the best ways that food has been handled in games has been either snake eater or like breath of the wild. Right. Mm -hmm. And even those are, um, abstracted somewhat like food governs your endurance, which in turn governs your health restoration in snake eater. Right. But like the actual healing, like the realistic thing that gets around this problem, it gets around the problem of a calorie mate, um, you know, recovering your health in Snake Eater is to apply a suture, you know, to go through all of those, uh all of those steps, right? In the yeah. actual healing thing. Uh r- like weirdly, like one of the more realistic versions of healing in games is called Cthulhu Dark Corner of the Earth. Sure. You know, yeah. where like it's it's also pretty weird to get like a med kit, you know, when you've been when you've been taking deep one wounds all day. And yeah. like
1: <laughs> yeah, I got all these bullets in me. Yeah. And this like tiny thing, like one band-aid. You, yeah. know, um, like, like you know, like if, if you've
0: ever opened a med kit, like went up to the Cintas box or whatever, like all that's in there is like some band-aids and little packets of like, you know, burn cream, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if yeah. you, if you have one of those, that's what you have. But like at the very least in call of Cthulhu, dark corners of the earth, there are multiple supplies that go in your med box and you're uh, keeping track of those. Like that's yeah. one of the ways to solve this problem that doesn't involve food, but then you don't get, you know. You don't get cram <laughs> and I don't want yeah, to live yeah. in a world without cram.
1: <laughs> I need Instamash. Stat. I need dandy boy apples. Um, Yeah. And, and the idea of like, you know, it's a weird thing where like somebody can kind of be healer, but mostly the body heals itself and we just kind of steward it. Yes. You know, and that that's a hard thing to uh, systematize in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's probably a good abstraction. Yeah. It's good that they don't try. Another realistic healing system would be like a shield system.
0: Mm, yeah, you
1: know, because then you could just make it like I have an electronic shield, like I can't take very many bullets, but I have this electronic shield. I pick up little energy chargers for it.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: about bing, being like that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like sci fi realism. Yeah. Um, uh, quick question, uh, at least for me that I do, and then we'll probably move on to a different subject. I'm um, here. And then we got a lot of game questions this time around. Um, Ryan asks, "Were either of you able to try some of the demos uh, during the events that steam put on them during the summer and fall? I was impressed by the number of games I had never heard of and ended up on my wishlist after trying the demos, primarily caesarean uh, and fights in tight spaces. Um, I did not. Uh, so I just, yeah, I know that's an unsatisfying answer, but I've just been, uh, I moved recently and then just been dealing with mental health and regular health
0: yeah.
1: and stuff and just have not uh, been very plugged into the hype cycle.
0: Same. Um, I had intended to because some people had highlighted demos that m- made sense for me to, like, cover on Hexcrank. But uh, nothing uh, nothing ever came of that because I was play- playing other stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did other stuff instead. Yep. So it's cool. It's cool that it sounds like there are some neat stuff in there, and I'm sure it will bubble up to me eventually. Hmm. Um, if I don't die first. Oh, of course. Which is always the, uh, the Tons but, of Media game thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know? um let's see here we uh want to move on to the show questions sure make that that, or there's just one of these but it's it's one we've answered a few times before but uh bears bears repeating a little bit uh alan asks um uh what games from early on in the show's run would you want to go back to and revisit having developed a more complete critical vocabulary um, on a somewhat related note, your pathologic episode was a revelation. It inspired me to pick up pathologic two on the PS4, which has been a transformative experience for me, despite some game breaking bugs. If you were given the chance for a redo, seeing as how pathologic two is in many ways, a remake, uh, would you still have covered the original or would you have, uh, instead chosen, uh, the recent soft reboot, which ameliorates some of the friction from the first game?
1: Um, yeah. Uh the, the perpetual answer just is, is bloodlines, but to, to answer the specifics of this, like if we did I think we could do Pathologic Two. Uh yeah. just fine. Um uh,
0: specifically because yeah. we, we we covered the um the Bachelor um mm-hmm. that campaign in uh Pathologic One and Pathologic Two, at least right now, it is just the Harris specs. It is just mm-hmm. it is just Artemis. So there would not be as much overlap on that we could talk about the ways that like the cosmology has changed and the way that the um and the way that uh mechanics have been upgraded and such i don't see i don't see a reason we couldn't do that
1: yeah yeah um anything else that's a uh, something that we ever i think we would want to go back to
0: uh i'm thinking back just like the like the old i'm I'm looking back at, at like an old list there's some stuff that we've like done like a little bit of a discussion we've had a little bit of a discussion of like going back to and kind of redoing um that mm-hmm. would be fun to do an episode like a proper episode about tony hawk t- tony hawk two or three
1: um oh, sure because that was world.
0: Yeah, Mario World absolutely. Uh back last week when I was having some, you know, real election anxiety, as opposed to the baseline anxiety that I have right now. Um, I just fired up Mario World and did I got through to like four worlds and I was like, Fuck yeah, this game is Feels amazing. Super good. And they're just yeah. like we never really talked about that, and that is such an amazing game. Um
1: oh, this is my favorite Mario title. Oh hundred percent. that's yeah, that yeah. So like, like we'll we'll definitely do that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that only kind of counts as doing, mm-hmm. doing it again, yeah. you know, um, any of the games that we talked about in like the underrated games live special, yeah, could do a yeah. more in depth thing mm-hmm. with
0: that'd be fun yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's a little bit, that's a little bit more than the standard bloodline bloodlines answer that we have. So,
1: yeah, but there's also still bloodlines, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, which I replayed with a mod, uh, over the summer. Mm. and holds up and the mod was good nice um and i talked about that on a uh, duck feed presents
0: never stream that game because the person who composed the music uh will give you an actual like honest to god copyright strike for it
1: well that's horrible yep um, <laughs> I, I was thinking I was going to say like that would be a good dispatch thing at one point but I just I hate that shit so much and I mm-hmm. don't see the argument for the other side nope I
0: can't that it, it would be, be a discussion, a discussion. <laughs> it would just be, yeah, just it would just be like, complaining oh, fuck these people yeah.
1: yeah this is dumb as hell like it's not you know like yes technically if Markiplier is streaming your game like mm-hmm. is he using your content to make money yes mm-hmm. I think it's inarguable that you're getting more out of that than he is as the person who did the soundtrack for Bloodlines yeah you know, a 10-year-old game. Mm-hmm. Fucking dumb as hell. Yep. Um Moving on to lightning round. So mad. Uh, <laughs> look out, Joshua Sizemore. You <laughs> We're up. coming lightning for you. Because I'm so mad. Uh, <laughs> Joshua says, uh, I noticed your refusal to commit to an authentic Dr. Evil impression in your No One Lives Forever episode. Could you do right by your patrons and emulate the Eve man himself uh, after an episode that was essentially amounted to edging us, <laughs> diehard Austin Powers fans? Uh, what's your best Austin Powers? Do it.
0: Do I make you irritatingly horny, baby? Do I dangle the <laughs> orgasm, baby? Oh,
1: I meant uh, Dr. Evil, but that's oh. also <laughs> sir. Yeah. Throw me a freaking bone here. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah.
0: It it's hard um, it's hard not to go into an Augusta St. Cloud is the problem on yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh like Scott my son <laughs> you know he's like he would a a penchant for buggery. Wow. You know it's, it's kind of like in that.
0: Invented the question mark.
1: Invented the question mark.
0: Summers in Rangoon lessons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah so there you go joshua you you may cannot the the, the,
0: <laughs> the real answer is it's funnier to do a half-assed dr evil impression
1: yeah yeah
0: just like it's, it's funnier a, to do a half-assed Borat impression
1: it's a it's subverting the expectations and mm-hmm. now we can do borat's daughter's impersonation because of Borat. Too?
0: we can
1: at one point she opens a beer bottle with her back with her small hole uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny like i thought yeah. that movie was pretty funny
0: i like that movie a lot that was i i really enjoyed it the yeah. uh the, yeah. the, the the debutante ball scene yeah i i, like I, I almost passed out good. laughing man <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's uh it's pretty good uh like there there are a lot of jokes in that movie that i thought were very funny mm-hmm. the names are oh, really yeah. good yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i was i was surprised that i ended up liking it as much as i did it was
1: and it's dude. also like an anti-covid mm-hmm. uh like leftist like pro-health movie uh-huh <laughs>
0: very yeah, weirdly so, given that yeah. that didn't crop up until the very end of production so
1: yeah yeah good stuff <laughs> yeah did you know that he spent five days with those uh those people he lived with in it, character wow five I, days in character i
0: don't know how like how did they not catch on to anything about it
1: I don't know. They they had to have
0: been on on it. Like, like there's no way there's no way that they couldn't also it's did you want to live in the house that those libertarian guys lived in because that looked pretty sweet to me the
1: cabin was pretty sweet yeah i don't want to become a libertarian to get that cabin
0: no i don't i don't but i I do
1: want to take that cabin from a libertarian after i take their guns and their church
0: and their land so yeah
1: and their land so (laughs) i i I do want to take all of that stuff from them Mm -hmm. uh it's mostly important that they don't have the guns in the church i'm just going to melt that stuff down but i do want the house
0: going to melt down the church (laughs) uh ryan right continuing in our lightning round <laughs> uh mm-hmm. what are the chances you might do a mech warrior or battletech game in the future maybe as part of a Mecha month uh
1: low that we would do it as part of a month but relatively fine in terms of actually doing it um yeah. i really want to play the hair game hair brain schemes battletech game i have it um i haven't started it yet yeah and i do have some affection for the old mech warrior games mm-hmm. um, but we are not really doing theme months anymore nope Um, but yeah, I would be down for either of those things if they cropped up.
0: Same. I also would like to play that Battletech game.
1: Yeah. It's supposed to be great. Yeah. So I love harebrained schemes. Uh, Tyler asks, uh, which pre-war fallout food do you think would be the worst to eat? For me, it's the yum yum deviled eggs, 300 year old eggs and mayo baked in the Mojave sun. No, thanks. (laughs) Um, that's a pretty good answer.
0: It's a good answer. Uh, yeah, and it would be eggs. it would be mine if i didn't if i didn't want to give give a different one um yeah if i was not compelled to but that is uh, objectively the most the most heinous one
1: yeah that's really nasty i'm just trying taking a look at uh food here in general yeah no uh, i have food I've, wiki
0: i've got that one up the one that seems actually worse to me is from fallout 76 vegetarian ham
1: oh that seems rough uh
0: and yeah, ham ham, but... ham is already like a pretty rough pretty rough putt as far as like meats go to me i don't care for yeah. ham very much it needs to you know it's it's too it's too wet and spongy I love ham. <laughs> what's that
1: i said i love a ham
0: yeah i like a spiral um, cut ham like a spiral cut glazed ham is very good but that, like an easter ham is not no no uh, a preserved block of something that looks like but is not ham. It will never spoil, making it an ideal food for survivalists. Safer vegetarians. All that says that's, to me is not food.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's really rough. I'm looking at the, the the wiki here, and one of the packaged foods is called small dusty box of some sort. <laughs> I think that one might be uh, the one I'm going to go with.
0: Oh, unidentifiable. Um, Let's say yeah. this item has no actual purpose beyond being sellable. How do you know it's food?
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's two on the pounds. Wiki. Gary, it's two pounds. No box of something. Yeah. should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite heavy. Um, so, you can also like, there are things like ant eggs.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and I, I, stuff. I'm thinking Brain of it more. Fungus.
0: I'm thinking of it more in the, uh, in the package food. Like that's the entertaining oh, yeah. stuff in this. Um, I think cold cram would be pretty bad just because cold, cram. Cold, cold spam is pretty bad. Like if, you know, if you've ever had that spam is meant to be crispy. Thank you very much.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, spam, a uh, cold spam, which you can eat that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cooked I, in yeah, the can. Like it's yeah. turns my stomach a little bit, even just to think about it. Yeah. yeah. So that would be really rough. Uh, what does Marcus say?
0: Marcus, as I navigate away from that horrific page that we were on, uh, Marcus says, which discontinued food from your childhood do you miss or at least have nostalgia for? I finally remember Dunkaroos, even though I was almost never allowed to have any.
1: Uh, Ecto Cooler.
0: Yeah, Ecto Cooler would be pretty good. I miss Squeeze-Its in general. Mm. Squeeze-Its, yeah. um, Mondo. I-, I liked that form factor for a juice. I feel that it, uh, like, I understand why Capri Sun overtook them, because foil mm-hmm. is a little bit less of a devastating environmental impact than, than, than the plastic. Oh, there was, God, I have no idea what the stuff was even called. It was sold like Squeeze-Its in the squeezable plastic bottles, but it wasn't sugar water. It was Jello.
1: This is, this is very disgusting. Yeah. What you're saying to me. But, but <laughs> you, disgusting it, 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 would,
0: it would be put into... If you put it into your lunchbox, and it would be like a, like a gelatin that because you squeezed it and it came out of an open aperture, it was it was kind of kind of partly chewed for you, and you just mm. you, you just swallowed down mouthfuls of that stuff like a baby duck.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a squeeze it full of Jello. Yep. And a pocket full of shells. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good i like that <laughs> uh,
1: yeah yeah this it, it, is all it's all very gross do, do you remember that stuff that you put in milk to give it flavor
0: uh like nestle quick
1: no 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 it was there were like different kinds uh it was like the 70s thing that had a revival um the stuff you put in milk it'd be like banana or like various fruits
0: no the idea of fruit milk is pretty upsetting to me actually it's
1: really disgusting
0: i never really <laughs> like, cared for strawberry milk i was always more of a chocolate milk man
1: well, chocolate, like strawberry milk is real nasty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I don't, I don't um, remember specifically what, like, is it like, were they like crystal light
1: packets that you put into your milk? Like it was a kind of like, I, I, it was like kind of pre the crystal light form factor though. So right. I think that might've been a little bit more like pixie sticks. Mm. Um, I, I'm trying to find the name of it, but it's hard to Google. Um, I don't actually, I thought those things were gross. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, my re, my real answer is Acto Cooler, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and uh, C2. Which was a brief uh coca cola that was between Coke and diet Coke, oh. it was like a lower calorie coke it was like so coca cola like,
0: ten or whatever,
1: yeah yeah, like more than that right. um it was like coca cola fifty it was
0: near coke like
1: it, <laughs> yeah, it was near coke it was it was just like a drier less sweet coke, mm-hmm. um which is great because yeah i like I like a coke um but it was uh you know just not as bad for you and not as sweet, that sounds mm-hmm. great,
0: yeah, that sounds good, yeah like a lot of the uh, a shocking number of the like bad kids packaged food that i could get is still around like obviously mm-hmm. you can't get nintendo uh you can't get nintendo cereal anymore or whatever uh, oh did you ever have those uh those super mario sodas no yeah I, we we used to have these like when i was like a little kid but we only got them specifically when we went out to uh went out to the lake with my with my grandparents rv uh these were like sl- oh sl- slim, these little guys yeah slim cans of fruit flavored soda the uh the, the the princess toadstool one was what was one that i liked the most Cherry. That, yeah that like that was these fucking delicious Shasta. okay yeah but like so how I, attractive I are those them. i
1: just didn't have the branding
0: how, how attractive are those cans
1: They're beautiful yeah $400 plus dollars in shipping. That's like not worth it, set. but my
0: memory is good. The <laughs> the, the Luigi <laughs> one, I think the Luigi was, was Sour Apple.
1: Yeah. 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 I would say that. Yeah. yeah. That's a great I would... answer. It was Luigi Berry. Uh, mm. Yoshi was Sour Apple. Gotcha. And he's got a real, like, come finger me grin on the front. That's pretty huge.
0: I need and to talk like, to you. We apple. need to have a conversation about how much you think animals want you to finger them.
1: <laughs> Not animals, Yoshi.
0: Yeah, okay, Yoshi. Okay, only cool. sentient
1: an animals. All right, uh, okay. and only, you know, but look, look at this face, Look at this expression on his face. I don't want to send you a link because I don't want to crash the recording. But like, uh-huh. you know, look at the uh, Yoshi on that can. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, dude, it it literally just looks like Yoshi to me.
1: <laughs> it's, but his half closed eyes, like he's yeah. like giving you a bedroom eyes, man. It's a bedroom eyes, Yoshi. Show me something in a bedroom eyes, Yoshi. <laughs>
0: i like the uh i forgot i forgot about the white the, the 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 pure white skin on the human characters
1: yeah. Which it's, like it's very weird. It,
0: it looks okay on Peach because she's already pretty pale, Mario, whatever, but Luigi, maybe it's just the pale angle that I'm seeing at seeing it at? Luigi looks like he uh he, he is um on he's chemo and it's not going well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they had to get the Army Corps of Engineers to blow up Yoshi. <laughs> There's a fetid distended Italian on the beach. <laughs> to Explode him.
0: I bet you if I went, so I can't get Shasta because I'm here in the Midwest, but I bet you if you just went and got like a, like a green apple Shasta, it would taste very similar. It probably tastes the same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But without the fun branding, without the come finger me scare.
0: Yeah. And also Um, it reminds me of summers at the lake and that, well, that was a good time with my grandparents waking up early and eating crispy pancakes cooked on the deck. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph uh, says, is there any chance you'll do a Skyrim review or another Elder Scrolls, uh, Daggerfall, or Oblivion? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sure we will some at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I would love to talk about Oblivion. I would love to talk about Skyrim.
0: Yeah. I would love to talk about uh, the Shivering Isles, the very yeah. good expansion for Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um yeah I have no problem uh, I have no problem with those. Going back before Morrowind might be a tough putt honestly. Yeah, I don't want
1: to play Daggerfall. Yeah. I, I I have bounced off Daggerfall. I don't Yeah. It's yeah.
0: E- e- so. Okay okay, back to the earlier questions, stuff that we haven't More covered before man. Yeah. <laughs> so this so, is so, so stuff that we covered before that we'd like to go back to. Uh we never did mm-hmm. the expansions from
1: from Morrowind. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We could just do those, though. We wouldn't have to redo Marwin. No, no.
0: But just, uh, even though kind like, of a I half know i would read, never re-
1: we'll, yeah. we'll never mm. do those because I'd want yeah. yeah. right? to replay Morrowind today. Yeah. Because
0: Morrowind's good. It takes a very long time to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh,
0: and then finally here, Jonathan writes uh, Do you have any games that you had little information about and bought on a gut read? Were they good or bad purchases? Uh,
1: I always talk, I like bring up Darkstone a lot. Mm hmm. Darkstone's cool. Um, and that was you know, I bought because of a budget thing. Yeah, um, I had almost no information on Katamari when I picked up that. That was an incredibly pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, did not know a whole lot about it. Yeah. Um, and then getting those jewel case PC like two for one things. That's how I played, like Shogo and Sept uh, uh Core and uh Anacronox. Um, and those were almost always just like it's two games for ten dollars.
0: Right. You bought them because of quantity, yeah. hmm Yeah, yeah. Here recently I didn't know anything about teardown before I uh b- before mm. I bought it. I think I just saw I think I saw like Austin Walker maybe post about it and say like, hey, this is good dumb fun. And I looked at a screenshot for it and I was like, ah, fuck it, it's like 20 bucks. And I played it and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is actually really good. This is this has big thief simulator energy. This is like um it's it's like a physics based hitman, but if you were doing property crimes instead of violent crimes, it's very good.
1: Yeah, I love uh, property crimes and violent crimes, so yeah. I should check that out.
0: It's it's fantastic. I think you would really like it.
1: Yeah, um, maybe I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, moving on to our topic yeah. for this episode. Um, Dr. Wynn says... Uh, I'm currently playing through Resident Evil 4 for the first time, and I find myself having a lot of anxiety and stress worrying about what's coming next. As the game has gone on, I've found myself starting to lean on guides, preemptively browsing sections so I have some idea of what to expect and how to deal with it. Without these, I don't know if I'd have the courage to keep going. On the whole, I'm really enjoying the game, but I just can't get over that anxiety hump. I feel like I'm cheating myself out of the true experience by leaning on guides like this. What are your thoughts on spoiling yourself in games as a de-stressing method or, and whether or not you're cheating yourself by using them? And we're going to expand this a little bit just to talk about spoilers in general, but we'll definitely address that within the spoiler, uh, kind of umbrella.
0: Yes. Um, so the topic here is spoilers. Um, and you know, it's tough because you know, it's hard to reconcile my own behavior with my actual beliefs on this because, you know, when a game is coming out that I really want to play and like, I do go on Blackout like I know you do, Gary, right? Mm-hmm. Prime yeah. You know, for, 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 for lots of reasons, but most of all, I think just to make the weight less of a problem and to be able to focus on on other things and to keep the experience just a little bit special to see as many th- to see as many things as possible for myself the first time, mm-hmm. you know, like when you look at a trailer and you see a cool boss. I kind of focus on like, okay, when am I going to see that cool spider? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I like being surprised in games.
0: Being surprised is good. Uh, However, I don't necessarily have that much of a problem with, with, with being spoiled and specifically going and looking for like a tactical spoiler there are a lot Mm -hmm. of times where I'm playing something and I'm like, is this going to get cool? Like, is like, is there something about this that is good? Like what's going to get me through? Like, is there a tantalizing detail that is not being revealed to me yet? Sometimes a quick swing by TV tropes might actually be motivating to me. Yeah. Like to go and look and see like, what are maybe some of the places that they're, uh, that, that they're playing with or to look at a character sheet and see like, Oh, most of this character stuff is, is whited out most of this is spoilers. Like there's more going on with this person than I think like that can be hugely motivating for me. If I'm, if I'm dragging ass getting through something that I, uh, that that I know I need to be playing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't hurt me very much. Um, You know, something that is like a a network theme is just kind of the, the size of the bounty that we have. So like, there are things where like, I being surprised by a game. If something happens that I'm too stressed out for by a game or under a deadline or just otherwise want to know about what happens next or where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the intended experience might be wander around for a little while, uh, but I don't want that intended experience. I just want to make a beeline. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that robs me of something, there are infinite identical somethings I'll get next time I'm in the mood for it. Yeah. It's not a rare thing. Actually, there mm-hmm. We work in a medium where there are no rare things really. <laughs> right. You know, like there's there's some scarcity, but not that much. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and it's just a a few brief things that have that. I think that like a lot of people talking about that, like they're confusing the feeling of not having had it for a while or not finding it with it yeah. actually being rare. Mm-hmm. You know, so like let's say, you know, we, we're doing Mortal Shell for Bonfire Side Chat now. Um, I got to a point and I was like, I want to look up the order to do these areas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I bounced off the hard, I went to the end game area first was like, okay, this is nonlinear. Uh, that sucked. Um, I just want to know the order. And I just looked up the order and like, yes, that didn't give me the experience of like having that really cool. Like, oh, I actually went to like the second hardest area first and like powered through, uh, and ended up with some cool, like you know, uh, improvements and, and upgrade items and stuff. And it's kind of the unique experience, but I'll catch it next time around. Yeah. You know, like there'll be another souls like I'll play and I'll be in the mood to just like kind of bounce off stuff and, and find my own way and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get that, that, uh, that feeling the spoiler did not hurt me. Um, generally the thing that I don't like, um, for spoilers is like specific series. Like I like doing from software games as blind as I can. Mm-hmm um, that is because, uh, I know that company really well. So like, I'm not just interested in the specifics. I'm also interested in like kind of a general approach yeah. and I, and I want to see that stuff. Like I can't, the people who are just like scraping the internet right now for Elden ring stuff are very <laughs> weird to me. Yes. Uh, cause there's very little there. And also like, man, just like, it's going mm-hmm. be a real big fun surprise when we all go into it. Yeah. Um, you know, but for most games, I, I do not have that feeling.
0: Yeah. Um, Pretty much the same. Like the one kind of spoiler that I that I don't care for, and this is more of a willpower thing. But I do find that it is true that if I do break down and look up specifically, like a solution to a thing, Mm -hmm. every time after I do that, the first time it becomes easier to go and look at a walkthrough again for it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in order to get in order to get those hints or whatever, that is specifically true of hint systems that are outside of a game. Um, compared to hint systems that are within a game within a game. It doesn't matter to me outside of a game. It does.
1: Well, even with that, it, it, for me, it's like, I'll just catch it next time around. Yeah. You know, like, um, like I was playing, um, uh, Baba is you. Yeah. And I just got to a point where I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I've spent, you know, my time hammering at this. So I looked up a solution. Um, and then it was like what you're saying. It was easier. To just do that. But that was also kind of my signal that I'm like no longer really invested. Yeah. You no. know, and I just kind of stalled out on the game. It's like I can look up the rest of this game, but it has just hit the difficulty level that I want. And then it's gone beyond that and I'm fine. Yep. Like, this is big complicated levels that fill me with exhaustion every time I see them. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I downloaded on my iPad. I downloaded The Witness uh, many years too late. Like I don't like that dude mm-hmm. uh, as a person, but I was just kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, and in like the right mood for it. And I think that's going to be the same kind of thing yeah. where like, eventually I'm just going to start looking shit up. Once I do, that probably means I'm done with the game. Yeah. You know, I will slow, I'm slowly running out of gas and that's fine because mm-hmm. I'll just catch the next one. Yeah. You know, I haven't played that Steven sausage roll game. Like if I'm in the mood for a puzzle fuck game, I can get puzzle fucked. Yep. It's out there. I can catch a puzzle <laughs> dick whenever I want. Like, yeah. You know, like... yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I just,
0: but like, you know, when it comes down to like story spoilers and stuff like that, like, yeah, there are moments of revelation, but like for so many things, you know, and it may just be because the majority of the games that I've played have been, you know, for this job for the past for the past decade but like my enjoyment of a game doesn't necessarily come from the first impression that i get when a new thing is revealed to me it's from like the analysis like going back and putting it together and reconciling it with other things right and so like the first impression is you know it valuable and indelible you know there's a reason you have that saying you know first first impressions can't can't get do them again and only get one but like mm. for so much of their stuff, like if I just, if my, if my, if the extent of my analysis was the first impression for something really cool, my analysis would only be, holy shit. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Which is not, yeah, not great, you know? Yeah. Like, like every good and sticky thing. Has been like, okay, the shock of the break from the status quo of whatever happens in the story, and then the satisfaction of putting it together and thinking back on everything that, like, led up to that. That's just for story stuff. With gameplay things, I don't know, for the majority of games, like, for everything short of, like, FMV games or David Cage games, like, the joy is in the doing a lot of the time. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even knowing what to do doesn't really hurt anything. It's the execution. Yeah. It's very rare that like in this medium games, you know, are doing anything interesting with that space, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you sit down and try to figure out how the mechanic works in like Assassin's Creed Valhalla versus looking it up, Mm -hmm. is that a game that's doing something interesting with the fact that you don't know initially, you know, probably not probably. Um, yeah, I agree. um, Generally not that big a deal. And then also uh, scientifically not that big a deal. Right. Like the studies and stuff that they've released about it is like, oh, these don't actually impact people's enjoyment very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good to know. Like it, it makes <laughs> uh, being really mad about spoilers online, like obviously uh, something that you should be made fun of. That's It's silly. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be annoyed if someone just came up and it was just like, hey, here's the big twist of Elden Ring. Uh, that would be obnoxious. Yeah. But I also think like... I don't know, like when people will consider things that happen in the first, like, or in, like, a trailer or something. (laughs) There's a movie um, called The Climb, I think, that just came out that's supposed to be good. That's, like, all these little vignettes about a friendship. And uh, the review describes the first scene that's also in the trailer. And somebody in the comments got all bent out of shape about it. Like, oh, now there's really no point to watch the movie. And, like, that's 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 demonstrably untrue. Like that's not a matter of opinion. That's also just, you know, nothing backs you up with that.
0: Right, right. Like the like what this purse what this review is describing is literally part of the sales pitch for the movie. How do I know this? The people who are trying to sell you the movie put it in the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Like it's in the it's in the thing, it's in the commercial. You know, and yeah. like, yeah, trailers can ruin stuff. I imagine that like the Truman Show would have been a more satisfying movie to see if you didn't know the twist that was put out yeah. there.
1: That's still a good movie. But it'd be hard <laughs> so, though because like, what would the pitch be?
0: do you Man know, lives like, normal life, guy. nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Like, that's <laughs> a very twenty twenty appealing thing, not a very like nineteen ninety five appealing thing. Yeah,
0: was like. You know, is this man going crazy? You know, something like that. Like, yeah. just like, is it actually a delusion? And then you see the uh, and then you see the uh, actual artifice around him uh, as it expands. Um, yeah. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. I, I literally just pulled that up because like that is the perennial example of like, you know, that I think of where I would like to have not known the premise.
1: A good a good game or a good movie that I'm really happy I didn't know the premise of that would have bothered me is mm-hmm. The Turn in Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that movie does a really good job of having a central hook mm-hmm. and then pivoting hard to something else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that maintaining the shock. So you could still t- sell somebody the premise and all the things in the preview, which is already hooky. Yeah. And then there's this is absolutely wild thing that happens part way through that's just like really fascinating yeah um i would have been irritated if that got spoiled for me but there's also like a responsibility angle to spoilers too like i wouldn't saw that uh when it came out mm-hmm. and if i hadn't maybe somebody would have spoiled the thing but like how long do you expect the world to toe the line
0: yeah it's a to, to wait for, for you. you yeah
1: yeah, um, there, there's definitely a statute of limitations on that shit. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, if you're getting upset about that, I think it's kind of on you.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's I don't want to make this a blanket statement because there are any number of uh, counter examples that you know about things that actually matter. But like maybe think twice about whether or not you want to base an entire policy about something like spoilers on the reaction of the most sensitive person, the person yeah. who who will say, oh, my God, you ruined it. Because you described a scene from the beginning of the movie that was also in the trailer, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a weird thing where, like, the you know, it's kind of common wisdom and there is some truthness to the idea that every uh, outlier does represent a larger population. Yeah. Um, but you can run into so much trouble catering to outliers. Yeah. About, about things like that. Like, yes, they might represent, you know, the one dude who's saying this is ruined it might represent more than just him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you have to think about what you're doing you know what you are doing that might hurt people who are not complaining yeah you know
0: Mm -hmm. it's tough you know Mm -hmm. because because like (laughs) being making fun of somebody for the way that they react to and you know not just for the way that they react to media about media like that is ridiculous and one thing but like if you extend it you know extend far beyond that and somebody says like oh this this game has you know button mashing qts i can't do that because of a mobility problem like okay Mm -hmm. well that's an outlier that probably ought to be catered to (laughs) you know yeah like just it's it's just when it's just in the domain of media about media where like the overreaction becomes incredibly farcical
1: to me yeah 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 Yeah. so spoilers not that big a deal
0: no no i like just avoid them if you want to but like I don't know. Most of the time when I've been spoiled on something, I've forgotten the name of the thing that they talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was in there until I got to it. And I was like, oh, I vaguely remember that. Okay, it's fine. Whatever.
1: Yeah. It doesn't hurt me that much. It's yeah. It hasn't been a make or break for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's move on to our responses. Let's do. Uh, thanks, everybody. If we mm-hmm. didn't get to your subject we have some of these building up. So we will do a, a catch-up episode at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to your responses about No One Lives Forever, Uncharted uh, Horizons, mm-hmm. and Uncharted Waters, New Horizons, mm-hmm. uh, and Marathon 2.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll get us started here with Alicia, who writes in via contact about No One Lives Forever, saying, I love the world of Kate Archer and have returned to it often over the years. Uh, through my replay or though my replays of no one lives forever Two far outpaced the first game by a considerable margin. I replay the original every few years and enjoy it. Your criticisms are totally on point. The stealth in the first game is horrible, especially when compared to how well it is implemented in the sequel. I've replayed it so many times. I'm to the point where I usually just cheat or skip past the grading parts. Now, uh, it's a little, little hard to go back to the limitations of the first game after playing no one lives forever Two, Uh, but the setting Uh, settings, characters, and story keep it engaging. Hope you get to No One Lives Forever 2 someday. Uh, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on the changes that they made to deepen the gameplay and fix some of the issues from the original. If I had one video game wish, you know how it goes. The series' fate still legitimately bums me out out if I think about it for too long.
1: I I have no objection to doing No One Lives Forever 2 at some point. No, I want to see what they do with that Akron Hmm. level.
0: See, yeah, if, it's, uh, yeah, see if
1: it's Akron. See if it's
0: Akron accurate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Devo's there. Um, the, uh, you know, and also like, I I would like a break from, from that, but I'm invested in the story as well. Like I mm-hmm. liked the fluff and world of that game quite a bit as well. Yep. So um, it is a bummer that it is uh it just kind of dead in the water for now. Yeah. yeah. For... But stranger things have happened. Like, you know, it could, it could still revive.
0: Right. Who knows?
1: Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, Doug says via contact, uh, thanks for revisiting a game I loved and mostly forgotten. As a child of boomers, who are in fact quite okay, <laughs> the music and culture of the late 60s uh, was always a staple in our house growing up. No one Lives Forever is one of the very few games to take advantage of that setting and motif. That always surprised me, given how central that period is in our collective history. I'm not saying we need Assassin's Creed hate Ashbury, <laughs> or Miyazaki's Yeldon Submering. <laughs> Uh These are those are sarmering. These are these are good. These are good jokes. Yes. And butchering. Uh because of these portmanteaus. uh But outside of a handful of Vietnam era shooters, this seems like weirdly unexplored territory. I'm curious if there's a game you think that would be suited to flower power and what that might look like. Um I think you answered your own question because yeah. this is a comedy era to us now. Mm-hmm so that's that's I think that's the reason why we're not getting Assassin's Creed hate Ashbury yeah uh, because this is awesome powers has taken this entire zone mm-hmm. and despoiled it like salted the earth baby
0: yeah all of its aesthetics and like even the the most like superficial of its aesthetics have already been harvested and brought forward to other decades I'm looking at you 90s I know what you did to the 60s <laughs>
1: yeah we know that delight <laughs> we know about, we know where your groove is. Um, so it's it just it's it's like a very specific type of game that can do this kind of thing seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I think you could do um, what is that uh, like you I think you do like a crazy taxi, or something yeah. like that. Like you do something arcadey that that takes place in the setting, but it'd be hard to do something narrative and not have it be just goofy as hell.
0: Yeah, I want to see when this takes place. Um uh, Mafia Three. It's in 1968. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the other way that you go about it, is to set something in the unrest of the late 60s. Yeah. Um, You know, which yeah. o- over... Not
1: a very groovy time, baby.
0: Well, I mean, it was the exact um, same time. Like, The Summer of no, Love I, was, I, I, what, 67. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah i'm just joking about the how uh civil unrest is right uh, not groovy <laughs> right uh, yeah,
0: yeah yeah so like that's the other way to do it or to do you know a vietnam game but like nah, maybe don't do that weirdly like the one good 60 60s game is spec ops the line yeah, <laughs> specifically because of game. the music and yeah, you know it's, it's, it's themes yeah yeah
1: yeah um yeah so uh that that is uh but i agree it is a, a setting i have fondness for mm-hmm
0: same um gabriel writes via contact i don't know what you guys are playing it on but i'm playing this on ps2 and all i gotta say is fuck the dive scene four uh and then gabriel writes in a little bit later saying earlier i wrote in about no endless forever on (laughs) ps2 it said something like fuck the dive scene four Uh, exactly yeah um i couldn't stand the ps2 version because of the inability to quick save." And the controls were pretty frustrating. I ended up playing on PC because uh, because of this, which I'm sure you know is only obtainable through questionable means due to it being abandonware. This led me to the website AbandonwareGames.net, and I unintentionally ran into a bunch of my old favorite PC games from my teenage years. Uh, also, I wondered about the legality of, of Abandonware, and I did a little research. I was fascinated to find, find out that Abandonware is illegal to download, like like any other piece of copywritten software, but the fucks given by the owner make it functionally public domain. Only loosely connected to, to No One Lives Forever, but a, uh, but a fun fact for a fun game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, generally a law does not exist if it
1: is not enforced. So, yeah, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and and should not be enforced, right? You know, in, in this case, it's silly. Like yeah. if somebody wants to go download Superhero League of Hoboken, mm-hmm. do it. Um, I
0: yeah, have yeah. no problems.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Billy says via contact. Where to start with no one lives forever? I don't think there is a more perfect, underappreciated, hidden gem. This is the game that really cemented Monolith as a top-tier shooter developer, and this game should have been a huge success. Blood 2 was really rough. Shogo was quirky, but still under bait. After getting it right with No One Lives Forever, they continued with a string of amazing games. Alien vs. Predator 2, No One Lives Forever 2, Tron 2.0, Fear, and Condemned. Besides Raven Software, I don't think you could name a better late 90s developer with a track record like this. Also, we'll ignore Contract Jack. Uh, I'm still impressed by the sheer variety of locales, the compelling characters, the amazing music, and the varied set pieces that make up this game. And let's not forget that Kate was a gaming female protagonist treated with respect and full character development, which was pretty cool in the first era of Lara Croft. But what sticks with me the most is the humor and heart of the game. So much work went into the random conversations that you could overhear while sneaking around. There must be hours of this clever, silly, and campy dialogue. I remember unpacking the game files and finding funny snippets to share with my brother. It's also quite obvious this was a labor of love. The game was so unique and was clearly a creative risk that barely had enough success to warrant a sequel. It's bright, colorful, genuinely funny, and I really miss the days when a decently well-known studio could take risks like this. I miss the monolith and raven of that era.
0: Yeah, when you when you lay out that string of games after No Endless Forever, there's some real bangers in there. AVP2 was really good. I've heard very good things about Tron 2.0. Fear is mm-hmm. worth playing. Condemned is surprisingly good. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's like it's it's good stuff. Um, yeah, and it is kind of a bummer, mm-hmm. you know, that that uh, we've missed this kind of mid uh, level kind of shooter. Yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah, <laughs> I hear people say good things
0: about Serious Sam Four. I've, I've, I've seen praise for that as a recent thing that came
1: out. I, you know, I really want to like those games and for some reason they've never worked for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, it's similar to, uh, painkiller, painkiller. Yeah. Like that same, like it's just arenas. <laughs> I yeah, just guessed no, exactly. Like, that's right. Yeah, no, that was good gas. Like it's, they just take everything and make it into wave based arenas as opposed mm-hmm. to, what I want out of a retro shooter,
0: yeah, no. which
1: is uh just a little bit more artifice between me and that kind of arcade action, yeah. You know, I do just... want to explore a space of, like, and like, man, Serious Sam, it's just like pyramid after pyramid,
0: yeah. Serious Sir- and... Sir- Sam has really big, like first person Robotron 64 vibes to me,
1: yes. That feels a little bit like Time Killer or uh Time Spinners, a little bit, or whatever that game I don't,
0: is. I don't know what that is. Time
1: Cram- what I, I, I'm saying it wrong, the uh PS2.
0: Time splitters.
1: Uh, time splitters, thank you. I mm-hmm. was pretty close with time spinners. Yeah,
0: it's a different word. Yeah, some pronounce your names differently. You're but, right. Yeah,
1: you know, but it's pretty close. Yeah, no. Close good. enough for government rhymes. Like <laughs> you <know>.
0: Government rhymes.
1: <laughs> oh <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs>
0: uh I don't have any anything else to say about uh, about Billy's response. Uh good mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Yeah. Well said.
0: Uh, Yes. Daniel says via contact. I can't tell you how excited uh, I was Daniel.
1: It oh. really sounds like he's called this guy Dangle. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Dr. Steve Perole. <laughs> Drengus says via contract. Um, <laughs> okay. Daniel.
0: Drag me. I I, I don't think <laughs> I mispronounced that, but we'll see. Uh Daniel says via contact. Did I get that right, my prince?
1: Yeah, you did it correct this time. Okay.
0: Dan Golt says via contact, yeah. I-, I can't tell you how excited I was when you announced No One List Forever as your first game in November. Uh, this is near the tip top of my personal list of goat games, uh, greatest of all time, a step above the original Half-Life even. Monolith love letter to the 60s Spy Capers uh, was a breath of fresh air at a time when shooters were dingy industrial affairs populated by hulking dude bros or, at best, mute scientists. As an awkward middle schooler who loved Austin Powers' baby, Monty Python and The Simpsons, No One Lives Forever's uh, colorful aesthetic and goofy tone hit me like a ton of bricks. Holy shit. Shooters could be funny. Not strippers and flushable toilets teehee funny, but actual honest to God, really, we write jokes hilarious. On top of that, the game's vehicle sections and skydive shooting gallery gave No One Lives Forever a sense of gameplay variety that felt pretty novel. At a time, at the time that it came out, No One Lives Forever, alongside Kotor and that's the old Republic, permanently raised my expectations of what a narrative game should be. All that said, I definitely share your frustrations uh, with this game's lackluster stealth design. Even as a child, I knew they were bad, but it was worth it uh, for me to slog through the occasional Dumas uh, office stealth section to get to the next joke or story beat. Uh, Since you both expressed a love for the game's soundtrack, I would like to share a bit of No Unless Forever music trivia. You probably noticed that the game has an adaptive soundtrack that changes with the action. Uh, Games had been using adaptive soundtracks for about a decade, but No Unless Forever went about them in a unique and interesting way. Composer Guy Whitmore wrote every song in instrumental layers, and layers were added to the songs as the alert levels rose on the enemy. On the enemy AI, rather. Wandering undetected? Enjoy that sneaky xylophone groove enemy hear your footsteps there's an electric piano for piano for that uh, a one-on-one gunfight uh, might earn you an additional layer of bond desk surf guitar and by the end when you've entered full alert and, er- and earned the horn layer all those uh, instrumental tracks have combined to become a perfect anything can happen jazz arrangement anyway thank you again for covering this classic
1: yeah thank you daniel yep yeah, i appreciate um yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. I think that like I we mentioned this in the episode, if I had come to this at the right time, I think I would have been an absolute true believer. Yes, you know. Yeah. Um
0: I was a little bit yeah. disappointed with uh with the music specifically for the purpose of editing. When you get games mm. that uh, that do have the dynamic score, sometimes it's difficult to find a track online um that like approximates the feeling that you got when you listen to the track in the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. And moving on to responses about Uncharted Waters, New Horizons. Kaysen, Casey says, via uh,
0: <laughs> okay, Steve Brooks.
1: <laughs> yeah, Casey Kaysen. Um I got Uncharted One when I was probably seven or eight years old, and New Horizons a few years later. I've been horny for boats ever since. <laughs> As a kid growing up in a town of 500 people in rural Kansas, these games were my first exposure to the world of geography and provided a needed needed escapism outlet for many years. They also literally led me to deciding to major in economics in college due to how much I got hooked on the training mechanics. Life pro tip, don't let your eight-year-old self decide your college major and subsequent decade of your career. Thank you for covering and thanks to David for sponsoring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, David. Thanks. And thank you, Casey. Yeah, thank you, David.
1: And yeah, yeah thank you for uh, thanking David. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Don't let yourself
1: decide. Horny for boats online. That <laughs> like, horny for boats. And M4B. On Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: God, that's no. very funny sentences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. D- don't let an eight-year-old you decide. Unless, like, what you want to be as a doctor. Even if what you want to be as a doctor. You don't know if you like medical school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. B- bl- blood sucks to be around.
1: Yeah. Let a, let a, let you know, take your time to decide your major and don't let anybody else influence you.
0: Yeah. You do you, man. Um, no. Ryan writes NVA Contact saying Uncharted Waters New Horizons is in the small group of games that I remember renting on a whim growing up. It was a a tradition to walk to the local rental store, which was across a bridge on a different island, every Friday during the summer to try out a new SNES game for the weekend. At 25 cents a day, it was perfect for a kid like me, and most of my memories stem from those rentals. Sometimes I would find one worth saving up to get through. Uncharted Waters was one of those. I remember being so worried that the one copy That they had would be snatched up by someone else by the time that I had the money that I worked out essentially alone with my parents uh, where they uh, bought it up front for me and I worked the difference off over the rest of the summer. The game was so different than I was used to that it just drew me in and like Cole, I was a history nerd eagerly seeking good boy points in school just for knowing things. So a game that was ostensibly quote teaching me something was just a plus. Uh, I only beat the game with Ali and Ernst because I was horrendous at the combat, but I have fond memories of trying all of the campaigns as best I could. Finally, This game ended up being in the tip-of-my-tongue category of my brain for about a decade or more after my parents sold my SNES and all of the games before a move in 1998. Stuff like Uncharted Waters, Claymates, and Soul Blazer were too difficult to properly find on the nascent internet when working off of old memories, so I would just try every year or two to search out enough information to find out what random weird game the rental shop in Alaska had for me growing up.
1: I love those old like weird rental shops. Mm. That's good
0: shit. Just the story. Like, I, I took I took my quarter and walked across a bridge to a different yeah, island yeah. to rent a game. That's a that's a good feeling that you gave me there. Yeah. Describing that yeah, series that, of events.
1: Mm. <laughs> that's good shit. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I remember renting uh in one of the thousands of places I lived as a kid because of my uh, Dickensian nightmare childhood, <laughs> um, walking to a convenience store to rent Nintendo games. Um, that was just, like, a regular convenience store and bait shop oh, yeah. in some shitty town in uh, rural Illinois. And it being, like, a quarter or 50 cents. Nice. To do Nintendo games in, like, the mid-90s. Like, a little bit after Nintendo's sell-by date. <laughs> and, like, renting the Nintendo Rampage to play with friends. Oh, yeah. So, it's good shit. Nice. Um. Yeah. And also that feeling of, like, saving up to get the copy that you've been playing. Mm -hmm. at the store and worrying somebody else would grab it is very relatable
0: very much so you don't want somebody to overwrite your save
1: Mm -mm. Mm -mm.
0: yeah especially in uncharted waters there's only one slot
1: yeah it'd be horrible yeah uh kyle says via contact uncharted waters 2 along with the other snes (laughs) Koei games including the extremely nerdy Aerobiz, was a formative part of my childhood i used to rent at least one Koei uh game a week from the video store with my dad and play through it with him on his tiny portable cr tv CRT TV. We especially liked Uncharted Waters 2 and finished all six of the different character paths before moving on to games on the PS1. I still have a dorky passion for trading commodities whenever I play OSR tabletop role-playing games uh, that I am sure was inspired by Uncharted Waters 2. OSR is old school role-playing, I believe. Thank you. Um As y'all have pointed out, the game both blatantly misrepresents history with mythological creatures and sanitizes it up as well. Uh, Arguably the most important commodity of the age of sale, slaves, do not show up at all since it would remove the cherry optimism from the game's gloss on the era. Uh, This is Gary speaking. I think it would do more than just remove the cherry optimism. Yeah, it would would make it a a game game. I would would not
0: (laughs) want to (laughs) engage in the slave trade.
1: Yeah. 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 Your little jaw like selling slaves to Allentown. (laughs) <laughs> be difficult no, to downtown no. in both respects.
0: Right. Um, no, d- d- I, I would not want to engage with that.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, despite all that, the Koei games did get me interested in real history and made it one of uh, my few solid subjects in middle school. Even if a game is barely educational, I guess it can still inspire your imagination with the idea of history. Uh, since you liked Uncharted Waters 2, I'd finally recommend checking out the t- 2004 remake of Sid Meier's Pirates. It's a slight game that you get the gist of in six hours or so, but those are a very delightful six hours. And it's a little less stodgy uh, than what you find in Uncharted Waters. Thanks for covering this Koei classic. Um, I like Sid Meier's Pirates. Mm-hmm.
0: That was one of I, the discussions oh, yeah, that yeah. we had when we were talking about doing Uncharted Waters. Uh, when we were like mm-hmm. trying to pick the game that we wanted to do uh, that David uh, requested of us. I think we ultimately came down. We can do both. They're, 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 yeah. they're different things. So, yeah.
1: And with, with a break, mm-hmm. you know, Obviously, but yeah, I, I like pirates. I would like to do pirates.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I like that, that sentiment here. I guess it can still inspire your imagination with the idea of history. Like mm-hmm. that is such a powerful, powerful thing actually mm-hmm. uh that is like the the appeal of historical fiction broadly but like even in games like i don't know the coolest part of any assassins creed game is like running along the top of the hagia sophia <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's cool it's a good thing to do in a game um mm-hmm. yeah so uh something history-esque can can uh can, can uh, slake your app or wet your appetite and get you uh, get you any more of uh, like like things
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh uh, what does Arvid say about Marathon Two?
0: Arvid says about Marathon Two. um I don't want to read Arvid's full name, uh, but it is an amazing name Arvid you good job, Arvid. Uh, Arvid says via contact uh being a Mac gamer, Marathon two, as well as the other games in the trilogy uh was one of the few great games on the Mac. I played the Marathon 1 demo a multitude of times. Marathon 2 improves on the previous game in a couple of ways. The light palette was much improved with nice bright colors, many more outdoor areas, and it expanded on the intricate story. For a long time, the official Bungie story page was a great place to go for reading about the story. There are roots to the Halo universe present in Marathon 2. In addition, Marathon 2 shipped with a level design and physics editor. Um the physics editor, Forge, was great if you wanted to shoot Hunter ammo uh with with your Magnum or just play around with any of the settings. Uh, Thanks to the level editor, there were some very advanced expansion sets with multitudes of levels published. Marathon 2 also had Cooperative Multiplayer, a nice addition uh, that few games had at that time, uh, as well uh, as some really great multiplayer innovations like King of the Hill and Kill the Man with the Skull. Again, (laughs) the fact that there is no elegant name name for that game that does not involve a slur is hilarious to me. Um, Arvid Mm -hmm. continues. Uh, I played through the campaign many times and also marveled at the many vid at the many vidmaster videos that you could find early in the uh, early on in the Internet. There were videos recorded where you could download a player going through the game without using weapons vid style. Um, The AI in Marathon 2 with different camps that could even start fighting amongst themselves was also great. The things that stand out most for me today are the story and its connections with uh and, and the, its connection between games and hidden routes. I oh. vaguely knew that there was a connection between Marathon like in one of the um oh my gosh in one of the uh, terminals that you read I think it's Durandal mentions like Mjolnir uh like androids or cyborgs or whatever that are being deployed Mjolnir is also the name of uh, the Spartan armor and stuff like that. Like there's like mm-hmm. terminology that passes back and forth and I'm positive there have been like not dissertations, but people have written many, many words about the links between the two universes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always interesting to see what those things are like concrete connections versus just the same author liking the same kind of mythology for Basing his fantasy stuff around, yeah, you know, yeah. sci-fi names around, but uh, it's cool that they do they do those kind of Easter eggs. Like I like that kind of uh, shared universe thing, even if I'm not super crazy about either of those universes. Right, right, really. You know, I'm glad that uh, Arvid wrote in as a, as a big fan mm-hmm. of uh, of the series to kind of fill in some blanks. Agreed, some fandom blanks. <laughs> we appreciate. Um, if you have anything to say about December's games, which are Dragon Age two as DLCs or Baldur's Gate dark alliance uh hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact by december 15th
0: and if you have anything to say about january's games the deadline is january the 15th again at duckfeed.tv slash contact wait Mm -hmm. what are you saying you don't know what january's games are we should solve that problem right now
1: fuck off oh (laughs) no Um, no, we need to help
0: them (laughs) we're helping them gary
1: okay all right (laughs) That's one way to do it. Um, in January, uh, we are doing and these are uh patron rookasseta games. Um we are booking like March April yep. uh, right now. So if you do have a game you want to sponsor, you can. Uh these are all patron games. Um we are doing uh Return of the Oberdin. Uh first, the follow-up to papers, please. Mm-hmm. Uh by that developer. Enter the Gungeon uh i'm incredibly excited about mm-hmm. uh doing our first real proper roguelike and it's one that i have hundreds and hundreds of hours in uh and i expect cole to match me i have so ones have, and
0: ones of hours and enter the gun <laughs> <laughs> the, the
1: uh well it's uh, you got only 398 to go <laughs> uh and then our premium episode for that month which is a biggie mm-hmm. um we're hitting a, one of gaming's biggest series for the first time are you ready for watch out for fireballs to probably complain about <laughs> some a lot of things about Grand Theft Auto Vice City.
0: I am so looking forward to doing the real estate mini games in that.
1: Me too. Going I'm around. looking forward to driving around in new wave music on a motorcycle. Yeah. I'm less looking forward to
0: uh, <laughs>
1: instant fail stealth missions and shit. But I'm also going to play on an emulator, I think, so I can mm-hmm. do save states. Yeah. Because that has forever been the Grand Theft Auto problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can solve that know, problem with technology yeah yeah uh i'm looking forward to the upcoming slate of games gary
1: me too uh 2021 is looking bright Mm. um yeah Uh, on Uh, the
0: show not not the actual 2020 we need to be clear
1: (laughs) yeah we don't know what we have no idea yeah Uh, but you know it's a it's a big question mark um if you want to sponsor a game, if you just want to get uh, those premium episodes, uh, which would be Dark Alliance and uh, Vice City, um, you can do so by being a $5 a month patron. That's also mm-hmm. how you ask us questions and do prompts yeah. for these episodes. And that's at patreon.com slash duckfeedTV. Yeah.
0: Uh, you also get access to a bunch of additional content. Uh, at the $5 level, you get uh, you get Bonfireside Chat. You get Unfilmable, which is kind of entering a new season, uh, which is fun. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Tim and Eric's bedtime stories starting this mm-hmm. month, which is, which is going to yeah. be a good time.
1: Yeah, no. uh, we have a brand new show called Orb, um, which is an episode-by-episode episode recap of The Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that is in full swing. Um, you don't have to be a patron to get that. Nope. Uh, you get to just uh, see it, but you can get the episodes a week early. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a really fun show that I think you would like. If I you agree. like that very good television show.
0: Which you should. It's a good television show. Mm-hmm. I'm not no. in the business of telling you what you should like. It's a good show. I hope you like it. <laughs> I
1: think
0: you should
1: like it. I, yeah, that's, um, yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> anything else any other admin stuff mm,
0: there may be some changes coming to the way patreon stuff is delivered here shortly that will be rolling out slowly over the course of the next uh um
1: we're uh, pivoting to drones baby yeah we're gonna send a, a flash drive to your house with a drone no.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it, every it's, week it's all positive stuff it's just a change on the back end that i've been preparing for once our uh, cms uh gets updated uh we're going to start uh look on patreon for uh for instructions about how to get a hold of stuff in a uh in a form that is less irritating than one mono feed uh let's let's just mm-hmm. say that it'll be easier to uh to get what you want um so you can actually listen to the content
1: yeah 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 um and that's about it so we appreciate you mm-hmm. um we will see you in a week with uh kirkwall and hawk mhm
0: and Varric. Um,
1: so Varric, mm-hmm. and then the rest. <laughs> All of um, the others.
0: I <laughs> uh, actually like the cast the of Dragon Age Two, bit.
1: it's okay. Yeah, uh, it's. I'm having a lot of fun with that game. Uh, uh-huh. In a way that, like, it's it's going to be an interesting episode because it's like I'm having more fun with it than it deserves. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, for my second playthrough, I like it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it, but man, there's some dumbass shit. I also made the mistake of making snarky hawk.
0: Right, uh, right,
1: you know, so it's just like man, uh <laughs> bioware humor writing, yeah,, uh, in full effect, yep, guys aren't funny, nope, people who write those games aren't funny, yeah, uh, good night, good night.